Hello, Maximizers. Richard here. And I wanted to reach out today, a quick intro on our podcast today. We're going to be interviewing a special guest, Mr. Bill Cates. For those of you who are in the sales industry or in the professional world, you probably know about Bill because of his referral expertise and what he's been training and doing now for over 30 years. Bill Cates is a certified speaking professional. He's also a CPAE, which puts him as an elected by his peers into the Professional Speakers Hall of Fame. Bill has delivered his impactful high-energy message on six continents to more than half a million professionals, executives, and business owners. Bill is the author of three bestsellers, Get More Referrals Now, Don't Keep Me a Secret, and Beyond Referrals. And his latest book, Radical Relevance, is a fantastic read as well. Through his presentations, consulting, coaching, and video-based training programs, Bill shows businesses of all sizes how to increase revenue without increasing their marketing budgets. He's a successful entrepreneur in his own right. He's built and sold two successful companies and is a founding member of the Million Dollar Speakers Group. When Bill isn't working, he's planning his next adventure. He's trekked through the Himalayas of Nepal, the Andes of Peru, camped in the Arctic Circle, lived on a houseboat in Kashmir, and toured the country as a drummer in a rock and roll band. What more can we say about Bill, but welcome to the podcast, and you guys take some notes. There's going to be some nuggets in here you're really going to be appreciating. All right. All right, guys. Richard Wolf here with Maximize You, and we've got Scott Morgan and Mr. Bill Cates today. How you doing, Richard? Doing great, my friend. How about yourself? Man, we're still we're still in the middle of COVIDcation here. Uh, we're still we're still doing the you know they call it social dis. I hate social distancing. I call it physical distancing because right, right. I think I think we're still I think we're still social. But uh, you know they, it's about the physical distancing. But otherwise, I'm doing well, man. Richard, you look well rested there. Good, yes, sir. We've been trying <laughs> lately. Uh, that's for sure. Well, what we got today? Well, we brought Mr. We asked Mr. Bill Cates. I've been involved with him a little bit closer lately because I got involved with another company he's been doing some work with. And I was the thing that kind of really impressed me about Bill here specifically was the fact that he was very accessible. I know a lot of folks that will take their courses or their classes, and that's kind of all you get unless you're reading their books. But Bill, and I guess it's the relationship he has with this particular company, was very accessible. He's like, oh, shoot me an email. If you need some help with this or that, I'll be more than happy to do it. And when I did it, he actually did. That's what was, I guess, a bit of a shocker because you don't really expect that from a lot of, you know, the guys that's been doing this in the industry for so long. So much appreciated and commend you for being that dedicated to what you're doing there, Bill. I mean, you, you, you would have you preferred I said, I'll have my people contact your people. <laughs> no, no. Actually, I love what you did, but that was kind of what I might have expected, to be quite honest, as I'm doing right. <laughs> Well, my people don't like me, so they're, they're not going to do anything <laughs> I ask them anyway. So That's, <laughs> that's great. Uh, that's not true. Well, when I asked to have you on, Bill, like I say, the real basic premise of our podcast is really to help give folks some nuggets of other successful people and just kind of mm-hmm. see what they can take away and use in their own lives. So right. I'd like to kind of get started with maybe a, I don't know, the 30,000 foot overview of kind of, I guess, where you started and what brought you to kind of this, I guess, guess this industry more specifically, because I don't know a lot about your background, to be honest. I know you're an author and a, you know, trainer and all, but give us a little history, my friend. 
Wow. I don't know how far back you want to go. I mean, uh, we can go back to the 70s. I was a drummer in a rock and roll band. <laughs> really? Uh, yeah. toured, toured the country for a few years. Uh, Come on. Had a blast. Uh, I did a talent assessment, though. I, you know, I just kind of got real with myself, and I thought, you know, if I keep doing this, I'll be playing Holiday Inns the rest of my life. So uh, <laughs> I, I decided that was not what I wanted to do. And, right. and so... <laughs> I got into some customer service work with, uh, with an airline and, and actually ended up writing a book on airline careers. This was, you know, before the internet. And I, I read a, a book actually called, uh, the ad was called Dollars in Your Mailbox and was all about direct marketing and all about how to sell information in the mail. Not now they do it on the internet. Right. People put, you know, uh, classified ads in the back of magazines and things like that. And I started selling a book on airline careers and, I don't know how much detail you want to get into. One thing led to another, another and I ended up starting a publishing company. Okay. And so I, I built uh, this publishing company. I ended up selling it in 1989. I actually had a second publishing company, sold that too uh, the year later. And then for the last 25 years or so, I've been in this business of working, helping businesses, a lot of financial service folks grow their business through referrals, through introductions. I've got a new book out called Radical Relevance, which is how we talk about our value to others. Right. Uh, so that's that's the very fast version. <laughs> wow, interesting. Well, I guess the, the the one question that starts to come up with that is, I mean, I guess it sounds like there was a shift from you were doing kind of what was fun and you know, I guess you know maybe really mm -hmm. really enjoyed it. And you knew okay, mm -hmm. career wise, we really need to make that shift. What were some of maybe the key things you learned? I don't know, maybe before that even that kind of made you say, hey. I need to make this change and let me move here to be a little more stable, I guess, long-term. Well, yeah, sir. You know, I mean, I didn't want to, I, I didn't want my life to revolve around nightclubs mm. and concert venues and things like that. I mean, there was a lot of fun to it. And I guess if I could wave a magic wand, I'd be back on a big stage, you know, uh, playing drums and, and that sort of stuff, uh, you know, forget the groupies, uh, you know, <laughs> we're, we're long past that. But uh, uh, anyway, uh, you know, so part of it was lifestyle. Uh, you know, a lot of the folks, a lot of the other guys in the band, they, they'd hang around the club after we were done. They, you know, I just wanted to go home. And, right. you know, back then uh, there was, you know, smoking in, in, in nightclubs and bars and other venues. And I, I'd, lay in bed and my eyes would tear from the smoke and mm -hmm. I just knew that wasn't a good thing. So between that and doing a little assessment of what I was going to do with my life, I decided to, to get out of the, the world of professional music. And, uh, you know, then I wasn't quite sure. Um, you know, I had a, I have a degree in sociology. I mean, what does that equip you for? Uh, well, it turns out, <laughs> sure, people, it turns right? out that, that a lot of entrepreneurs, not all, but a lot of them are liberal arts majors like that. Cause one thing I did learn is I learned how to learn, if that makes any sense. And so I'm still pretty good at figuring things out and doing research. And, you know, and I, I didn't realize I was learning that at the time. It just you know, turned out that way. And, you know, my parents are probably rolling over in their ashes thinking that, that little Billy Gates actually has written six books, you know. Uh, <laughs> I mentioned my English teachers. Uh, but, uh, you know, so I did this thing with the, with the airlines for a while, but th I knew that's something I didn't want to do either. I, I, I wanted more. And, you know, I grew up in a family of not taking risks. My parents grew up in the, in the Depression. 
So my mother's message to me was you don't quit one job and, you know, or leave one job until you have the other one lined up. Everything's ready to go. You know, it's seamless. Mm -hmm. I wanted to open a business and, you know, to them, that was like, you know, where's that coming from? It's not in their DNA. Right. Uh, but, you know, we don't always come through everything, you know, what, what I want to say, we come through our parents, but, we're not everything like them, right? We bring our own yeah. stuff with us. That's true. And so I, I, I got bit by the entrepreneur, entrepreneur bug. I got bit by marketing and, mm -hmm. and all that sort of stuff. So. That's great. Where do you feel like the switch kind of came to move, I guess, to more of the referral piece or I guess sales slash referral? Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so I sold my book, my, uh, my, two of my publishing companies, I should say, and I was looking for the next thing to do. And a friend of mine, Frank Ingo, uh, I, I, I thank and, and blame him uh, for this. Uh, <laughs> he said, you know, Bill, you, you're pretty good on stage. You should be like a, you know, a professional speaker an mm -hmm. author and consultant. You have a lot, you know, you've learned a lot and you have a lot to teach. And I go, wow, what's that? I, I never really seen professional speakers before. You know, they didn't have TEDx and TED back then. And right. I didn't know what that was. And so I joined the National Speakers Association and I started hanging around other speakers. And Folks like some of your folks might have heard of Zig Ziglar. I got to know Zig a little bit. Uh, wow. Brian Tracy's still a member. Uh, Harvey McKay and and gosh, way back then Norman Vincent Peale and wow. Art Linkletter and some of those old classic guys. Uh, just a ton of these guys and, and gals. And and uh, so I, I you know when you want to do something mm. in your life, you want to hang around other people who do that. Yep. Right. And hopefully provide some value to them. So you're not a pest and, uh, and then, and then learn from them as well. And so pretty early on, uh, I was offered a job with another entrepreneur doing sales training and essentially I'd have to eat what I kill. So I'd have to sell the sales training and deliver the sales training. By the way, a funny aside here, I remember going into, into Canada once and they said, you know, what brings you to Canada? And I said, well, I'm, uh, I'm here to make a sale, uh, on a sales call. And, and she said, what do you sell? I said, sales training. She says, so you're here to sell <laughs> sales training. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, I guess if you're not around that stuff, it doesn't make yeah. sense. <laughs> it's a little, little, little odd, sure. Right. Wow. So, she, so she handed me back the passport and said, good luck. I <laughs> hope you make a sale. <laughs> um, so, uh, gosh, and, and you know, I, I doubted myself. I, I didn't think I could do it. Um, and I'll never forget. And I think this, this was a big life lesson for me. Uh, I had a friend of mine, John Hurley. I remember he looked at me in the eyes. He says, you know, Bill, you, you can do this. In fact, you'd probably be pretty good at this. I go, Oh, okay. Well, I'll, I'll give it a try. And you know, sometimes someone else's faith in us mm -hmm. is more than our own faith in us. And we, we you right. know, we, we take that and we run with it. Right. I mean, sometimes we need that little push from someone else who knows us well. Uh, otherwise I might not have ever done it. You know, I would have just kept doubting, yeah. uh, you know, so that, that was a big lesson for me. And I've learned, you know, I've said that same thing to other people over the years, um, mm -hmm. and have other people say it back to me in other ways too. You know, it's just that other, that belief is important. Uh, and it, it, that, that's what sales is. I think sometimes, isn't it just a transfer of belief? Yeah. Right. Belief in your value, yeah. belief in what you do, belief in the product, belief in the service, belief in, in all of that. Right. And we That's find true. a way to, to be convicted and transfer that with other people. So that was, that was life changing. That was and, good. 
Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> I was going to say, and, and, and Bill's done, done so much speaking, though, and is regarded as not only an expert in his field, but also as a speaker. You not only have that certified speaking professional designation, but you're also a Hall of Fame speaker. And, mm -hmm. and that puts you in, a, in, obviously, a very elite class. I've had the privilege of meeting a couple of other folks that carry that, too. And, mm -hmm. and um, I, you know, kudos to you for that. And that's a very well-earned recognition of your career. Thank and your you. impact that you've made. Well, it's nice to be recognized by your peers. You know, I mean, it's, it's ego based, but not a bad ego, you know, it's okay to, <laughs> yeah. as long as you don't carry it around in an arrogant way. Well, uh, sure. I mean, I'm humbled by it. You know, every time I was nominated for a few years and every time other people won before me, I'm going, well, of course, you know, I mean, who, how could he not win before me? Right. This guy's good. Yeah. This gal's good. And then for several years, at least after, uh, I'd see other people win it after I did. And I go, well, how did I get it before them? <laughs> you know, I mean, they're really good. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that's an honor. I appreciate it. I gotcha. Well, that brings up a good point. You know, so you, you said you kind of want to do the speaking in the training piece of mm -hmm. the National Speakers Association. Was it ever really a goal to do the, the what is the CSP? And I know there's another few letters behind your name too. Yeah. Or did that just kind of happen because you were doing the work? Yeah. Um, well, I, I certainly didn't grow up wanting to be a speaker. Uh, sure. I mean, you, you do find some people that came from the world of preachers, you know, their dad was a preacher, or their mom, mom would say, you know, you're going to be a preacher someday. And, and of course, you know, they'd end up being a speaker, which is another form. <laughs> and, uh, but in, in any event, uh, no, I just, I, I tried to get good. And yeah, I guess I did try to earn that, you know, I, I'm, I'm just trying to reflect and be honest with myself, once I learned that there was an earned designation, one of the reasons why I wanted to get the CSP, Certified Speaking Professional, is one of the reasons is because in the world that I work, mostly with financial services, there are designations, right? Yep. CFP, LUTCF, yep. you know, CH, you know, all that. So I knew that designations were important in the world that I worked. And so it made sense that I would get my own designation right. in my industry, right? And so that was one reason why I did that. That was important to me. Uh, and then it reminded me of when, when I was in undergraduate school and then I went to graduate school, like undergraduate, the professors, you know, they talk to you and all is okay. But when you're in graduate school, all of a sudden you're on a different level that you're almost a peer, not quite, but almost. Right. And, and so that's kind of what happened. And it gave me a bit of credibility to hang out and talk to and exchange ideas <clears throat> excuse me, with other successful speakers and authors. And so it gave me a, it gave me a, a sense of access to some folks, which was helpful. Um, and then the Hall of Fame. I don't know, you know, it's it really is all about ego, um, but, you know, we do all have it. And and, and you, you got to have a certain amount of healthy ego, do you not? Because. Yes. Otherwise, you know, you won't push and strive and, mm -hmm. and compete. Uh, I had a wise person tell me once that competition is for the competent. And every, once I heard that, I'm thinking, yeah, it's okay to compete. And you know, you, you want to learn how to be a good winner. You want to learn how to be a good loser and, and all of that. Mm -hmm. But it's, 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 I think it's human nature uh, for a lot Absolutely. of folks. My wife told me, I remember when I met my <laughs> wife, she says, I'm not competitive. Boy, was she lying. <laughs> we get my family in there for any kind of game you know family games oh man <laughs> all of a sudden it comes out oh, it's yeah. really funny 
But I would see people on the stage and I would say, you know, I, I can do that. I can get there. I can, I can get to that level. Uh, so yeah, I did aspire to that, to be honest. Um, and I think, you know, sometimes you get it by luck. You just kind of get good and get it. And sometimes you aspire to something and do the work it takes, right? Now the ZSP, if I'm remembering right, that's 250 paid speeches. Is that correct? <clears throat> yes, uh, five years, 50 speeches a year. That was the criteria back then. It's changed a little bit because the world has changed. Think about it. Back then, it was just pretty much speeches on a platform at a conference, you know, a, a workshop, whatever. Mm -hmm. But now people are doing virtual, right? In fact, in this world of what did, what did you call it? Uh, this guy called it co-vacation. 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 <laughs> you know, I mean, everything's virtual right now. So. Yeah. So we started yeah. including that sort of talk and, and facilitate. So there's a lot of things there, but you have to give a certain number of speeches. You have to earn a certain amount of money. It's not just based on money. It's not a huge amount, but you know, if, if it's going to be a certified uh, speaking professional, you get paid for it. And so that's part of it. And you have to get certain letters of endorsement and recommendations and things like that. And the whole point of it is, so if someone hires a CFP, they're going to get someone who's in the world working as a speaker. It's going to yeah. hopefully uh, assure a certain level of quality, maybe not Hall of Fame quality, but certainly their experience, they're out there, they're doing it, they're professional, they know what they're doing, they're not getting an amateur. And, right. and that's helpful right, in this kind of world. So. Yeah. Now the Hall of Fame, is that a, a nominated, a voted on part there? Yeah, or? yeah, the CSP is earned. Right. You know, you have to do certain things. Uh, yeah, the Hall of Fame is voted. Uh, you get nominated by someone else in the Hall of Fame. And most people, you know, it takes, don't go in the first year, just like, you know, baseball players, other players. Sometimes they have to wait their turn a little bit. Mm -hmm. uh, and they pick five every, well, up to five every year. Last year, they only picked three, but up to five every year. I think it's about 185 living Hall of Fame members now. And, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, Colin Powell, General Colin Powell uh, is a member. Uh, Ronald Reagan is, a, is a, in the Hall of Fame. Wow. So I, I, I share it with a few pretty illustrious individuals. Uh, and then a ton of people you never heard of. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah. That's pretty great. Yeah, so, it's, it's an cool. accomplishment for sure. I know in the Toastmasters world, distinguished Toastmaster is kind of the top. But yeah. I find that it, it's a big deal inside the Toastmasters organization. But if you step outside of it, and not a lot yeah. of people really know what it is or it's a big deal. But the nice thing about the National Speakers Association and CSP is it's known outside of the NSA. Yeah, they, they hear distinguished Toastmaster and they think, oh, you're an expert at breakfast making. Yeah, you know, <laughs> this is it. Master yes. of the toaster. <laughs> yes, I love uh, hey, my French toast. I have a ton of respect for Toastmasters, and I didn't know at, in, until I got more involved that there are some pretty darn damn good speakers uh, that are Toastmasters, and, and mm -hmm. a lot of members of the National Speakers Association are Toastmasters, you know, whether they're national or international award winners. And, mm -hmm. uh, and, and I'm telling you, to do a tight seven-minute talk, yeah. the way these guys and gals pull these things off with humor and, and, and pathos and, and just all of that in, mm -hmm. in one seven-minute thing, that, that's actually quite a talent to be able to do that. Yeah, Richard and I, Richard and I both have that um, 
that master breakfast maker designation to, uh, <laughs> to, to our credit. And, and you're absolutely right. Um, Bill, one of the things I want to, um, I want to ask you about because you are the referrals coach that, you know, that's, that's your thing. I've read books, I've, you know, seen other authors who, who, We'll, we'll write about that. We'll teach about that talk. But you are really the go-to. You've really created a niche um, and, and a specialty for this. How did, you know, what, and, I'm, and I'm, I don't know, was this something that you, you sought out to, to really create for yourself? You wanted to be known for this and you wanted to be that go-to? Or did that just come about as a result of the books that you, that you wrote, your very impressive list of clients that you've presented for? How did that all come about? I just want to be known for something. <laughs> and, I, and I say that tongue in cheek, but actually it's true. And, and what I mean by that is when I started in the world of speaking, sales speaking, sales training, I wasn't really a trainer, actually. I was more of just a sales speaker. Yeah. And I liked, I liked prospecting. I liked the hunt, if you will, and figuring out how to get somebody's attention and, and earn their business. And, um, but I was looking for a more of a niche. I was looking for more of an area of expertise. I didn't want to look like every other sales speaker out there. Mm-hmm. Um, and so th- this is another life lesson that I got is, you know, sometimes you, you don't have the vision. You can't wait for the crystal clear vision to take action. Mm-hmm. You got to be in action, looking for the vision sometimes. And then sometimes it, it presents itself if, if you're looking for it, right? Mm-hmm. And so that's what happened to me. I was uh, doing okay in business, but not great. Uh, I was still experimenting, trying to figure out what was going to work, but looking for that and looking for something to write a book on. And so I was driving from Washington, D.C. area, where I live in Maryland, to Penn, uh, Philadelphia, actually to attend a speaking class. I, it wasn't for me to learn how to speak better, although I can always get better. Uh, it was for me to watch this woman and how she trained other people in speaking because mm-hmm. we I was actually toying with the idea of, of getting into business with her on what she did. And on the way up, I was listening to these audios by a guy, a guy in the insurance business named Scott Kramnick uh, and the audio uh, cassettes. You guys maybe remember audio cassettes. Uh, yeah, was expect, yeah. <laughs> expecting yes. referrals. Uh, was the name of it. And I'm going, this is good stuff. But you know, I would say it this way and I do it this way. And my wheels started turning. And at this little day and a half course of learn to speak, and when I had to get up and do my thing, I I did some of that material trying to figure out how I would say it, what my spin would be kind of like, Scott, you did a little bit of my stuff. uh, And with a group and so um, and they liked it right? This group, and it was mostly salespeople in this group. So they resonated with, all right. So within about a month's time, I said, this is what I'm going to write my book on. This topic of referrals. Uh, I didn't know exactly what it was going to look like. uh, But it took me about a year to write, teach, teach, write, write, teach. And and I wanted a good book. I wanted a well-researched book. And so that was a 95 book came out in 96. Um, so it, it was, you know, it, it kind of found me and I found it. But then when I started writing a book, you know, there's this term people call flow, you know, where you're in this flow where things are just kind of coming, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and that's what happened when I wrote this book. I remember, you know, staying up to two, three in the morning writing oh, where this stuff coming from. I don't even know where this, <laughs> but somehow I had it, right? Oh, I observed wow. it in my life and. And, and did some research too. And, and uh, so that's kind of how all that flowed. 
and and then it's changed, evolved, and I've added to it over the years. But you know, who'd have thunk that I'd 25 years being the referral coach? You know, I've added yeah. more to it now, as you know. But yeah, uh, it's still that's pretty much the basics of meeting people through other people. I'm glad your ideas flowed. My, I've, I've sat down a couple of times to write a book, and I think my ideas go wherever my socks disappear to from the dryer. So uh, I've not, not a, I've not achieved that flow just quite yet. Um, getting there well, eventually. Here's something that might help you, Scott. I, I heard this from a, a colleague of mine, uh, Ron Culberson. He says, "There's no such thing as writer's block. There's only thinker's block." Yeah, and, and yeah. if you think about it, that, actually makes sense. And so. If I am feeling a block, what I'll do is I'll have somebody ask me questions or yeah. I'll just take a walk and just talk it out, you know, and get in a different rhythm, different pace. And I'll read somebody else's work for a while and that'll trigger a thought. And, yeah. and uh, but no, I get it. And that place where the socks go, where is that? Where do those socks go? Does anybody uh, know? I, I don't know. Probably Hoboken or somewhere. <laughs> Hoboken. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hope nobody's be. listening from Hoboken. Yo, yeah, probably we love not. you, Hoboken. We you know, do we, love them. We do we love. We want them. our socks back. Yeah, we <laughs> want <laughs> all three of them. <laughs> right. <laughs> love it. Awesome. Well, that brings up another good point there too about the book writing and such, Bill. I mean, obviously, it seemed like you started. You did that early on, so you had a little bit of practice and. Okay, so I guess my question is, okay, so you wrote one book on referrals. What kind of, and where do the, the next, I guess, what, four or five books come from after that? Yeah, total of six, but that includes the, uh, the book I did on airline careers. So five okay. of, of the business side of books in that regard. But all right, well, the, the second one came, uh, I had a two book deal with McGraw-Hill, so I had to give him a second book. <laughs> okay. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> right, so uh I, I, I was writing a blog. I was, I've been writing a blog before most people were writing a blog. Uh, Ooh, okay. back 15 years at least. And so what I really did for my second book is I took a lot of those uh, and kind of put them together and massaged them a little bit for a nice book. That was my book. So the first book was let's see, uh, Unlimited Referrals. And uh, that's the one I, that, that's the first one. You can't get that except for maybe eBay for three ninety five or something. <laughs> uh, but I guess that's a badge of honor, right? If someone's selling your book on eBay, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, I won't take it personally. And, and then, and then McGraw Hill brought the rights to that. And so that's where get more referrals was born. And so I'm, I updated it. I put some other stuff in it and massaged a little bit. And so get more referrals. And then, the second book with McGraw-Hill was Don't Keep Me a Secret. It's a phrase I've been teaching for a long yep. time. You know, yep. I didn't invent the phrase. Uh, and I'll tell you where I heard that, too, because I learned I learned a lot from my audiences. I, I mean, a lot of my humor, our planned ad-libs that actually happened as an ad-lib on the, the day before. <laughs> uh, and so I was doing my thing as I was writing my first book, and uh, it was a room full of printing salespeople. In, in Cleveland. I'll, I'll never forget this. And this guy, his name was Mitch. He came up to me. He says, you know what I do is I tell my clients, I say, don't keep me a secret. And I go, wow, that was, that's brilliant. Can I use that in my book? Oh yeah, sure. Whatever. <laughs> I mean, nobody owns that. Sure. Um, and, and people love it, right? Uh, it's not for everybody. It's kind of a cute phrase, but people say, Hey, you did a great job for us. Love what you did. Great. Please, you know, don't keep me a secret out there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I want to tell you, Bill, I first, the, and I've heard you speak twice. And the first time I heard you speak and, and you taught that, 
I've used that ever since. Mm -hmm. And every client coming, you know, working in the insurance industry, every new client that I have gets a, a thank you card, you know, and at the bottom I put, P.S., please don't keep me in the good work I do a secret. Share me with your family and friends. And I learned that go. from you. And I've shared yeah. that in, in the role that I have now. Um, I coach and mentor insurance agents. And mm -hmm. that's something that I've passed on. And they hear, they hear me say it almost any single time where we're doing any kind of sales training or referrals based training. And that it, yeah. it does. And I, and I've told them it doesn't work with everybody, but it will work eventually. And, and you just never know who that's going to be. Keep putting it out there. And well, I, it's I not going to hurt a relationship. I mean, no, if you it say won't. to a, a client or a customer, Hey, please, you know, don't keep me a secret. Then that's right. Like, I can't believe you said that. Give me my check. That's right. <laughs> that's right. Be polite. And they'll say, sure, we'll keep you in mind. I mean, that's the worst yeah. thing. But it's such a, it, it is such a great line. And, and yeah, I think it was probably going on about five or six years ago when I first heard you say it and it stuck with me ever since. Mm. It was just a, a great, a great tip. Cool. My work is done. It is. Uh, <laughs> Checks in the mail. <laughs> okay, yeah. And then and, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no, you go ahead. Okay. Well, I was just going to say, so one thing I've learned in my business is that sometimes uh, when you solve one problem, you, you, create another one or you become aware of another one. Okay. Uh, so for instance, when, when I first started teaching my stuff, I was mostly teaching people how to ask, how to ask without begging, without pushing. Mm -hmm. It's kind of a, there was kind of an old style in the insurance business that some people just weren't comfortable with anymore. And so they brought me in for my new job. But I learned pretty quickly that a lot of people weren't referable in the first place. <laughs> Meaning, yeah. They were too transactional. They didn't stay in touch with their clients. There was a lot of things that they weren't doing to actually really earn the right to, to ask and, and yeah. to get. And so then we started adding a lot of information around client engagement and making sure you create the right kind of relationship in the first place. So that if you do say, don't keep me a secret, they'll think of somebody or they'll be open to it. Uh, and then you know, long come the do not call regulations and all the ways it's just so hard to reach people, right? It's never been harder to reach people than it is now. Mm -hmm. um, you know, the internet is like a blessing and a curse. It's like easy to get your message out, but because of that, it's hard to get your message out because right? <laughs> yeah. it's so easy for everybody. Yeah. And even like right now on LinkedIn and stuff, there's much more traffic than there ever was because everyone's yeah. home with the COVID vacation. And, and so there's, <laughs> they've got more time for it. And so, that's when we started shifting to introductions to get connected. So yep. my book beyond referral started working on the introduction side of things and getting connected to people uh, and moving the process along. Cause the referral is just a means to an end. It's not the end. The end is the new client. Mm -hmm. uh, and then I guess just to finish it off, my book radical relevance was all about is all about how we talk about our value so that we say the right thing to attract the right people into our business. And it's a little more than that. You know, in the insurance industry and in a lot of industries, people get taught how to prospect. They get taught how to go networking events. They get taught how to process leads or make cold calls, ask for referrals and other things like that, which is kind of a, uh, for lack of a better word, kind of a push, a proactive thing that we do. Uh, it's not that we're pushing people hard, but you know, it's an extension of our energy. Mm -hmm. But they, very, they rarely get taught how to market. They don't get taught how to draw people to them. Right. And so that's a lot of what Radical Referrals is about too. It's more of a marketing book. It's, there's a lot of tactical stuff, don't get me wrong, but a lot of it's having the right message that'll actually attract people to you. 
Right. And so while prospecting never goes away, mm -hmm. it gets a lot easier because you're attracting people to you instead of chasing them. And that's, that's really good. I'm glad that, that kind of brings up kind of a next thought I had too. And mm. you made a comment earlier that you said you liked prospecting. Well, number one, mm -hmm. that's kind of odd because I don't, a lot of people, if you ask them that question, they would be <laughs> no way I don't like that. So that's interesting. One and number two is that, Tell us more about that. And then how did you, it's because it seems to me, correct me if I'm wrong, you've kind of shifted to that financial services industry. Did you find they were more receptive or they better clients or kind of how did that develop there? Yeah. So what happened is, um, well, as far as the prospecting goes, um, I can't say that I ever loved cold calls, but I didn't mind them. And, okay. um, you know, I, I, I just have a vivid memory of being in airports uh, where they used to have banks of, you know, pay phones. And uh, you don't see that anymore. In fact, you'd be hard pressed probably to find a pay phone. Yeah. And uh, I had a calling card and it's one of these cards, you dial an 800 number and you got a code and then you, and then you call whoever you're calling. And if you dial this code or you press star or something before it hangs up, you don't have to put the code in again and you can make another call really fast, right? So I'm going from one call to the next, the next, next. And I'm cold calling prospects from the airport, sales wow. managers of different companies. Wow. And yeah. Uh, you know, some of these guys would say, you know, what's that? No, I said, well, I'm in an airport. Sorry. Oh, you're cold calling me from an airport. <laughs> yes, sir. Well, all right. You're hired. You know, <laughs> if you're willing to do that, then you probably have something you can teach. Yeah. Right? <laughs> um, but I also like, I like the creativity of prospecting. I like the, okay. you know, and I would never do this, but the old, the old send one shoe, you know, just trying to get my foot in the door. <laughs> Uh, you know, um, and just Good. all kinds of crazy stuff people used to do that, that they got away with and it worked. Uh, and I just love that fun side of things. I remember yeah. when I was doing a lot of work in the printing industry, I created the printing sales managers quiz and I would fax it. This is, you know, no email yet. So I would fax it to the sales manager and it was about 12 questions that would demonstrate I knew something about the printing industry because I knew their complaints. Mm -hmm. I knew their complaints about their salespeople. You know, are you, say, are, you, are, you, are you upset that your salespeople are just printing press babysitters? They're watching the printing presses when they should be on the phone or out on the streets bringing in new business, right? Mm -hmm. And so that got a lot of callbacks. And that's prospecting and marketing. It's a little bit of both, right? But I like that creativity of figuring these things out. I'm still trying to figure these things out because just when you figure it out, everything changes. And uh, so uh, what happened when my book came out, uh, a colleague of mine said, you know, you should speak to my, my husband's insurance AC. It's with Mutual of Omaha. And I go, oh, okay, sounds good. So I did my thing and a guy comes up to me and says, you know, you should, we should get you at MDRT. You'd be great at MDRT. And I go, great, what's that? You know, I, I didn't know what a professional speaker was yeah. and I didn't know what MDRT was, but I figured it out. <laughs> Yeah. And, uh, and then eventually a couple of years later, I was, I was on MDRT. So um, that's kind of when, when I spoke to the insurance folks, uh, I, I could see an immediate resonance. Mm -hmm. That's one industry and still is where they really know the value of referrals. They want yeah. more referrals and introductions. They're not very good at it, which is why I'm in business. <laughs> um, <laughs> And you know, it's funny because other businesses I'd go to, they it wouldn't have the idea of referrals wouldn't resonate the same way. 
Hmm. But in insurance, they knew it. And we think about it, you know, selling insurance and financial planning and other products related to that, it takes, you know, it, it's, it's so relational and yes. so much about earning someone's trust. Yep. It might as well work from borrowed trust, the referral, right? Mm -hmm. And so I could just see it was a good resonance. And about a year in, I was sitting for breakfast with a colleague of mine out in San Diego, a gentleman by the name of Tony Alessandra. And um, oh, you know, I said, Tony, I'm thinking of focusing on just financial services. He says, I think it's a great idea. You should do it. And so mm. and I've had a few of those people along the way that have yeah. either nudged me or validated my thinking. Mm -hmm. uh, um, and boy, it's so nice to be able to surround yourself with those kinds of folks. And, and that's a, I think that's a key to success is it not is, is surrounding yourself by people mm -hmm. who either do what you want to do or they've got your back or they believe in you and just, mm -hmm. just all this network of folks that you help them, they help you and you hit hard times. They're there for you. They hit hard times. You're there for them. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. And, Somebody's got your back. Yeah. That's good stuff. Well, as we kind of begin to wrap up a little bit, tell me a little bit about, um, again, we, as you mentioned earlier, you started in the old school of selling and training and speaking. What, what point did you kind of shift to the online stuff? And then I guess two pieces of that, do you feel like it's really been a big benefit? And then I'm going to give you some props in that, in your trainings that I've been through, mm -hmm. a lot of them I'll take, it's just, you know, the trainer speaking and giving us information, which is good. But I like the fact in yours, and maybe it lends a little better to the referral piece you do, is you have the role-playing stuff. Mm -hmm. The role-playing thing to me is key, especially in this industry, but you don't see that much in anything else where they're trying to teach you to go do a, a particular strategy. So I commend right. you for that. But, but how do you think it's really added to your business and stuff? Well, you know, uh, gosh, the digital. Well, I mean, I just had to. Uh, <laughs> Poor stuff. Yeah, or, or, or die, right? I mean, uh, and I'm not going to say I was an early adopter of anything. Um, but again, being part of the National Speakers Association, therefore hanging around people who do what I do and what I want to do, you know, you see what other people are doing and, and you get an early adopter in this and an early adopter in that and you just learn from them. And, and so, I don't know. I just, I just, I had to figure it out. And, um, you know, when my my first set of video training was analog, it was tape. Uh, <laughs> Whoa. Right? And, and, you know, tape, oh, the big ones. Yeah, VHS, right? VHS. Oh, yeah. I used to have a rack of 10, 10 videos, and I, I loved it because, see, from the book days, the book publishing days, I loved products. I love mm -hmm. the, the artwork that gets designed. I love the packaging. I it just something I just, and I loved watching the boxes get picked up by UPS every day. Go <laughs> ching, 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 right? So my dad worked for me a little bit uh, early on before he passed. And he, he, he would just do a tally every day. He'd do a tally how many books we sold each day. And, and I'm talking a tally. One, two, three, four, five. <laughs> One, two, three, four, five. He was old, old school from Texas and he sure. did a tally. And then he'd tally it up. And, hey, we sold 5,000 books today, Billy Cates. You know, and <laughs> so, but you know, you, you, you just to adapt. And I guess I was, I'm able to understand the digital stuff well enough. Uh, has it helped me? Yeah. It, it's helped me more. It's hurt me. I mean, it, it's made it more difficult to get the message out. No question about that. Uh, there are more people in the business than ever before in my business because it's easy to call yourself a speaker. It's easy to put out a book, self-publish a book, then make it a great book. But it's just easier to get in, into this world. 
Mm -hmm. And so competitions for the competent. I just have to keep staying relative. I just have to keep being better and ahead of the others as best I can. Mm -hmm. And so the digital side has made it difficult in that regard. On the other hand, um, I'm pretty good at making videos and digital learning products. And, mm -hmm. uh, and so I, I think I am a little bit ahead of a lot of people, not everybody, but a lot of people in that area. And so I love doing that. I love, I mean, I just did a video before uh, we got on this call. Uh, to help me promote a speaking event that I'm doing later this year. And um, I, I enjoy doing that. I got to gear up my energy for it a little bit, but I enjoy cool. it. Uh, and so my goal in life right now, or my three, five-year plan is write more and do more video. Mm -hmm. If I don't get it on another airplane, as long as I live, unless it's a vacation, <laughs> like we were, my wife and I are supposed to go to Spain, and, you know, that got canceled. But, um, you know, it's fine. I just love hunkering down and writing i love getting into the video studio writing the scripts figuring it out putting the products out um and uh i've never been at home so much in my life yeah really. this, you know pandemic and i love that having dinner out on the patio every night when normally i couldn't do that so sure. writing and video that's that's how i'm going to get my message out and that's something i could do you know for a long time uh, may it, there'll be a day when I'm too old to do the video. People are going to wonder who is that old guy doing this stuff. Yeah. I can I can write forever, hopefully. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, and sure. that's ne that'll never go away as as far yeah. as I can tell. That's good yeah. stuff, man. It really is. Thank you. Well, that is uh that, that's been a this has been a good call. Definitely got a lot of good information. I like a giving so. us definitely some nuggets in there too. I like the fact early on you mentioned that the gentleman that said, hey, you can do this. It made me think of Les Brown because he had a gentleman in his life that says, you need to be a speaker. You've got some good stuff kind of thing. So that's real good. And there actually was a guy, I can't pronounce his name, a world champion public speaking. And his speech title was, I see something in you. And I like the idea of that and that, you know, mm. having those people around you to, to encourage you and say right. you can do something when you're not really sure. So that's, that's good stuff. Man. I really appreciate you taking the time to be with us today, Bill. Scott, you got hey. any uh, last thoughts, questions? Uh, I'm just in, I'm just in awe to be in the presence of Bill Cates. <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> Please. <laughs> Bill, one, one last question I have for you, Bill. And, and you, you looking, you look back on your career, you've done some really, really great things. You, you've stood on some pretty impressive stages. Um, you know, you've written the books, Hall of Fame. What keeps somebody that's really achieved a lot, what keeps you motivated and challenged to keep doing what you're doing? You've got books in your mind, there's, mm -hmm. you know, videos and things you're talking about, but what keeps you moving forward? Yeah. Uh, I have a very active mind <laughs> Yeah, uh, and, and not always a good thing, <laughs> you know, sure. but I love to learn and I love to teach. I'm yeah. pretty good at explaining things. And so I kind of have a, a bit of a knack for that, I guess. I have a bit of a knack um, for, for wordsmithing things too. That's a lot of what I teach is how to say something. And sometimes if they can, yeah. you know, if, if people can see how they might say it, then that, that idea becomes accessible. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I'm pretty decent at that. And so I get, I get paid to, uh, to learn and to figure it out and then to teach it to others and then watch them do well with what I taught them. Yeah. And that's a pretty nice cycle to sure. be in. Yeah. And so I enjoy that. Yeah, there's some ego in that, of course, but I, I enjoy the work and I yeah. enjoy figuring it out and how to explain it. And, it. and it hurts the brain sometimes, but 
Uh, <laughs> is that, I mean, that's a big part of what keeps me going. And, that's and, and good. you know, I got to do something and, and I'm at service to others. Yeah, I get paid. But, you know, but when you're, when you're valuable to others, when you bring service to others, that's the way this, this works. And, you know, and I do, I do nonprofit work too. I do a lot of stuff for other people without getting paid. Um, and I'll always do that. And I want to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, but that, you know, I, I love both actually. Yeah. That's awesome. Good stuff, man. Real good Thank stuff. You. Thank well, you, gentlemen. It's that. a pleasure. I appreciate yeah. this. One last thing I want to ask too, and this is more for those speakers out there that might be listening or would be mm-hmm. one of the speakers from your standpoint, I guess two questions, what would be maybe a couple of key things for someone who wants to kind of move into that, regardless of the topic or category, move into that realm of speaking whether it be video or stages one and then number Just, two yeah go ahead i'm sorry point, mm-hmm. what do you feel what was i guess here's the question what was the stage in which you stood on in which bill kate said to himself wow this is really super awesome right here <laughs> which one was that maybe oh wow <laughs> I mean, maybe there's few who knows well, no, well, there are, there are a few. I'll tell you a couple things. First of all, and I'm probably going to forget the first part of the question, but uh, I do remember um, the first time I traveled for a speech, and I was in Chicago. Mm-hmm. And it was in the evening, and I rented a car, and I'm driving in, in Chicago somewhere to the hotel. And, you know, this is before GPS and you know, <laughs> right. and and Google Maps, and I've got directions here, you know, I'm trying to figure out where the heck I'm going. But I, I had that thought, and I'll never forget this. It was like, wow, now I'm a professional speaker. <laughs> so that first time of doing it traveling was, is, is you know, ingrained in my memory. Uh, I, I, uh, I would have to say, um, you know, MDRT main platform certainly, you know, was, is a wonderful experience. And I had done a bunch of breakouts before that. Uh, and always one day wanted to be on the main platform and, and got that. And I've also done main platform in Korea and Malaysia and wow. India and Australia and someplace I'm forgetting. Uh, and the one in Korea was like 6,000 people and the wow. room was like humongous. But then Malaysia it was 3,000 people on one side and 3,000 people on the other side. And the, the stage split in half. And I had to keep walking. You know, it's crazy. But then I did a breakout after that. Ready? So here's the breakout. 3,500 people at the breakout. Oh, my gosh. That's, I mean, wow. Half the room. It was. It was half the room. And they just streamed. It was, it was crazy. It was, it was fun. So all of those have been good. Advice to folks that want to get into business? Well, I have to say is, is – the main thing is is know your subject. Go deep in your subject. Become a, an expert mm-hmm. in your subject. Even if you want to be a motivational speaker. And here's what I mean by this. If you want to be a motivational speaker, study the science of motivation. Study all the, the research that's done on the brain over the last several years, right? And, and how the brain works and how it responds and what does actually motivate people. Uh, it's great to tell stories. The brain loves stories that will always have a place at conferences, someone who can tell good stories and, and get energized and all that. But if you want to have longevity in this business, and if you want to be valued for more than just the 30, 45, 60 minutes on stage, if you want to create a back end to your business where you're selling stuff while you're sleeping and, 
and, mm-hmm. and, and when you can't travel like right now, you can still make money because the motivational speakers, I'm telling you, they are dead in the water right now. They are yeah. hurting big time. And if they did not save well, they are really hurting. Now, some of them uh, did become experts and some of them have found a way to, to, to transfer what they do mm-hmm. you know, into the virtual world, but a lot of them haven't. So it's got to be more than just that entertainment, telling a good story value. Mm-hmm. There's got to be depth to who you are and what you do. I get a kick out of some folks that are just graduate you know, college or we're right. you know, 26, 27, and they led their company in sales for a couple of years and they want to be a motivational speaker. <laughs> Is there any depth there? Now, and, and look, yeah. I would not step on their dream because there's a darn good chance they could become quite good. I'm not going to step on their dream. And there's not a lot of depth there yet. And so they probably tell you as they live their life yeah. and there's more depth and they and you see that not every day is is a motivational day, you know, because we're human. Then that's where they probably actually get a lot better. Sure, that's good. Well, yeah, this was awesome, Bill. I really appreciate you taking the time. Um, like I say, a lot of good points and tips there, and a lot of good things. I know our listeners will get a lot out of. I know I have. I know Scott good. has. We'll be talking about this for weeks to come. I'm sure I won't get him to be able to be quiet about it. Good. <laughs> well, Scott, don't keep me secret. Right. I, I I never do, Bill. I share you with my family and my friends, man. <laughs> you and the good work you do. Thank Truly, you. though, thank thank you so much for taking the time with us today. Really appreciate oh, yeah, it. Absolutely. We appreciate you, sir. You have a great one. You too. Bye-bye. Hey there, Maximizers. We appreciate you listening to our episode today, and we hope you got a lot of value out of it. If you don't mind, do me one favor. Actually, two. Share this episode with somebody you know that probably could enjoy the value out of the episode. And also, give us a review. We'd love to see some input and get some feedback from you so we can make these episodes better, more dynamic, and more interesting for you. Because all we want to do is add value to life and give you some strategies and some tips that will help you maximize your life to help move your needle to the next level. We thank you. We appreciate you listening. And again, come back and visit when you can.